For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Welcome in to another Undefeated Monday. We said this a couple weeks in a row. Now we'll continue to say it for a couple of weeks if the Eagles continue to do exactly what they did yesterday, which is win, easily handling the Pittsburgh Steelers. John McMullen was down at the link to take it all in. I'd say it was a pretty good day, John, wouldn't you? Yeah. uh, You know, this is the way I expected this game to go. I kind of said uh, on the show last week, I mean, I didn't see any way Pittsburgh was even going to be competitive in this game. And it's kind of how it shook out. I mean, the Eagles dominated and it's uh, look, I said it yesterday on the post game show, Jody, this is a good, this is a good team. And, you know, they keep putting these hurdles up and people say, well, bad opponent, rookie quarterback, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. That's why I said it wasn't going to be competitive, but we know this league and everybody has bad weeks and everybody has bad games and the Eagles keep finding ways to, to get over these hurdles. And, and, you know, the bye week is one of those hurdles because, you know, Nick said one thing in front of the cameras, but the Eagles put up one of his team meetings on their website. And he was he was giving them examples of teams that had good starts and uh, came out of a bye and and were playing a lesser opponent on paper, uh, and they laid an egg. Um, so, you know, it's happened before. It didn't happen to the Eagles. They completely, completely dominated uh, that football game, and they should have. And they get better and better each week. When you combine a team that's playing very good football, Eagles, against a team that's not playing very well, Steelers, you get what you get. 
which is a three-touchdown lopsided victory, 35-13, which between you and I, I didn't think it was really even all that close. No. Uh, uh, it, I, it was actually know. more of a domination than the final score may have indicated. And that was one of those hurdles. You used the word hurdles. The Eagles had not played a full 60-minute game. They had played enough of them to go 6-0, which is kind of all you want to see. But uh, if you're striving for perfection, like the quarterback seems to be, that's all that he talks about. We still could get better. We still could get better. We yeah, that's stuff- amazing. The he standard. Is- you know, it, it is funny because I, I'm writing about that. I wrote about it. And, you know, they keep talking about the standard. Jalen Hurts, uh, uh, Nick Sirianni, it, it – they never define it because it doesn't exist. They can't reach it. You know, it's, you, you can't be perfect. And Jalen finally gave it up yesterday. I asked him the question. I said, and he, and he admitted, you know, we're never going to reach it. Um, Cause you're always striving for better, for better, for better. Even if you win every game, even if you're the 72 Miami Dolphins, they didn't play perfect every minute. There's always a, 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 a little bit better you can be. And that's, the impressive part to me, Jody, is how many people have bought into that. Um, and it starts with the good players because AJ Brown uh, was the first player up on the podium after the game. And he was exactly like Jalen Hurts. He wanted to talk about the plays he didn't make before he talked about the plays he did. He was really upset. Um, that he had the one drop. He was really upset that he got caught from behind on what could have been a fourth touchdown. Um, And he he didn't want to talk about the touchdowns. He wanted to talk about the plays he left on the field. Jalen does that constantly. Uh, It's pretty impressive. I mean, I talk about human nature a lot. You know, when you play well, and they celebrate. I'm not saying they don't celebrate, but... Uh, you generally want to kick back and say, "Yeah, I did a pretty good job." Did, uh, did at least did with Brown... the stars of this team? Sorry, Jody. At least with the stars of this team, they they're like, eh, you know, I could have done this, I could have done that. Did Brown talk about taking the uh, penalty after the touchdown when he pointed to his defenders? Which that's a subjective call. There, yeah, there's some a... subjective. That bothers me. Yeah, it I, was it was really kind of like calling him on the carpet for something that wasn't all that harsh. Now, I got in a debate with my buddy on CBS Sports Radio last night who said that they should have forgiven DJ Moore, who scored the touchdown last play of regulation or close to the last play, got the game tied in the past. Yeah. He took his helmet off. That's obvious. You take your helmet That's off at the 15-yard penalty. AJ Brown went like this. He pointed a couple of times. And they threw the flag on him, which I thought was a little, what do we say all the time, John? Over-officiated? Yeah. over I mean, I'm one of the most famous plays in recent history, if you watch it, we always talk about it, Marcus Williams. The week before uh, the uh, Minnesota came here to get trounced by the Eagles in the championship game was the Minnesota miracle, Stephon Diggs. Uh, if you watch it, he takes his helmet off. And here comes all the flags. The whole place is going bananas. The game's over. Uh, you know, he takes off his helmet to celebrate. No, the flags come in. Yeah, the league is kind of silly with this stuff, but that is the rule. Um, and, he, yeah, he talked about it. He said one, two, and at the time it was two. Ultimately, he got three. I, I don't like 
I don't like those calls. You know, Mike Missanelli was asking me on the uh, uh, post-game show, and I didn't even say it because I'm at the stadium, but Jason Kelsey, evidently, when he came out of the game, he put on a Batman mask. You didn't see the Batman mask? They I, showed it on television. I saw it later, but... Um, and I talked to him about it, but my mentality has always been, if you're, if you're an opponent upset by stuff like that, just stop the other team and they can't celebrate. I don't care. Um, A taunting. I don't, I don't care about that stuff. If you don't want that to happen to you, you'll play better. It's always been my sentiment. Here's where I think you draw the line, because I understand what the NFL is trying to do. If you're physically threatening, oh yeah. if you're getting up and bumping into another guy and you're escalating a situation that can lend itself to emotions taking over and somebody's starting a fight, okay, yeah, I get that. Pointing at a guy after you beat him for a touchdown? Come on. Keep yeah. that flag in your back pocket. I well, thought it was- that and you, you, you said it well. There's got to be some common sense involved. Yeah, you're trying to stop the escalation. It's a very emotional game. I get it. You don't want fights to start, but there's common sense involved. And somebody, you know, somebody pointing at somebody is not reaches that level. Now the problem is, Jody, you you never know how the other guy's feeling, right? So if he's so upset that he might take it as disrespect. So I get the NFL's thought process, but I I mean Jerry Glanville, you know, no fun league back in the day. There's too much of that. And you know, they they allowed celebrations back in the game, which I applauded. Remember for many years you couldn't celebrate. You had to sell there's very stringent rules. You couldn't have these these team celebrations, which I don't like, by the way. But I don't have a problem with them um, either. You, you couldn't do that and, and for a very long time. And they allowed them back in the game. And, it, all right, if you're going to be that stringent on taunting, why are you allowing them back in the game? I mean, people could get up to – every time any NFL team gets a turnover, what do they do? They run down as a team to celebrate in right. front of the – the sto- it, it, it's it's become cliched. Why isn't that taunting? <laughs> I, I don't know. Right, because you're not doing into the face of the opponent. Again, uh, it's it's a tricky thing, and when the NFL gets it wrong, we're going to call it out here on Birds 365, and I thought they messed that yesterday. But let's knock it off on a tangent. When the Eagles win 35-13, to 13, they dominate the entire game. Jalen Hurts throws four touchdown passes, a career high. Yeah. Uh, so many things went right in this game yesterday that we do want a touchdown over the course of the next uh, two uh, two hours. Um, uh, I don't want to get uh, off on a tangent about uh, celebration. We should be celebrating Jalen Hurts, certainly A.J. Green, AJ uh, Brown, because he may, at the end of the day, be the biggest offseason acquisition in the National Football League in a league that is dominated by quarterbacks and some major quarterbacks move this off season. You might've been talking about winning wages. You might, if you can make a bet on that, I don't know how you decided because it'd be subjective. Kind of like when the NFL throws a flag for over celebration. Um, he has just been stone cold dominant, whether he got a penalty or not. The first touchdown was purely an athletic play by him that I don't know too many other guys in the league have the even capabilities of mentioning. How good was uh, A.J. Brown yesterday in Eurasia? Yeah, man. A lot of uh, a lot of Randy Mossness with the, you know, that first 
touchdown I thought was a bad throw, one of the few bad throws in the game uh, from Jalen Hurts. Seen it live from overhead. I'm like, well, that's double coverage. All right. And and Minka Fitzpatrick did a really bad job uh, trying to, you know, defend that pass. But even with that, you know, A.J. Brown, yeah, I mean, he just went up and mossed the two of them. I think Terrell Edmonds was the other uh, in double coverage. And then the other two touchdowns, those were just perfect throws by Jalen Hurts. Um, he's really good at that go route, sort of mid-range, 25 to 35 yards, dropping it in a bucket. But also, A.J. Brown shows those late hands, as he likes to call them, puts them up at the last minute, and that's what Randy used to do. Um, and he and I remember, it's it's kind of fun when you look back and you talk to these guys. He was working on that throughout training camp. We had discussions about that on numerous occasions. And he was working on it, working on it, working on it, wanted to add it to his game. And then you see it in a, in a live game and you go, wow, you know, look at what he's able to do. And then, yeah, I mean, that he said that was the first time he was ever caught from behind. He had a chance for another in the NFL. He had a chance for another touchdown and he had a big drop that he thought could have went for a touchdown in the middle field. I don't think it would have been a touchdown, but you know, the confidence of these guys, it would have been a big play. Um, and you know, his, that was a career high for him, uh, receiving yards and touchdowns, um, uh, could have been even bigger. Yeah. He was, he was dominant. Unfortunately for AJ Brown, everybody's like another player of the week, another player of the week. Not nah, Christian McCaffrey ruined that later in the afternoon. Yeah, a couple of guys had big games around the NFL. And Jalen Hurts wasn't going to get player of the week either, but uh, maybe personal player of certainly this year and or his career. Man, is this guy in advanced. John, uh, it was probably a half hour, maybe an hour after the game, which I felt when I felt the need because you and I have talked about it playing here on Birds 365, and we will continue to talk about it. He's made himself a $200 million man. He's going to get a four or five year contract. It's going to be in excess of 40 million. It may be in excess of 50 million. The way that he's played, and this is not just, oh, off to a quick start. Hey, that's a very impressive game. This is seven and oh, and him being a major part of every single Eagle victory so far. He's ranking in the top five in NFL quarterbacks in almost every single category. When you're talking about a contract extension at this time, we're talking about a $200 million man in Jalen Hurts, John McMahon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he is playing at such a high level. Um, and those, you know, it was funny. We always talk about dual threat quarterbacks in this league. And I think a lot of teams are tilting that direction more and more and more because of players like Jalen, not only, but Lamar and, um, but Jalen as well, uh, and even Kyler Murray. But, um, y- y- you know, he called himself a triple threat uh, in, in the in the press conference yesterday. And that, to me, is the most impressive uh, part of Jalen Hurts is the mental aspect. Um, you know, he's 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 reading plays correctly. He's he's putting the football where it should be. He's. Um, you know, the, the two touchdowns, the two go route touchdowns, uh, you know, he, he, he sees AJ Brown in single coverage and, you know, he's putting it in a position 
to where it should be. She's getting the Eagles out of bad plays uh, with some of these kill options. Um, you know, he's number two in the MVP race. And if you look at all the betting markets, and he, it probably should be uh, behind Josh Allen, but he is number two. I mean, he's number two. Yep. Um, and who knows what happens? A lot of football to play, but he's having an amazing, amazing season. This team's been around since what, 1933, Jody? No quarterback in the history of this franchise has won 10 consecutive starts. Jalen Hurts has. Yeah. 10 and 0, put them over the top, broke the tie with a bunch of guys. Um, yeah, we know. Yeah, they got beat by Tampa last year, but we're talking about regular season games. 10 in a row, any team, any place, anytime, anywhere is phenomenal football. And he's done so here in Philadelphia and the first one to ever do it. So, uh, yeah, for those of you, and there are very few left. When the season started, Johnny Matthew and I kicked this in last year before the Eagles season. And uh, where people go with Jalen Hurts. Why are we going to this guy? Uh, you should have kept Carson Wentz. A lot has changed during the uh, year and change yeah. history of Birds three. And look, there was, there was, you know, I talked about AJ in the late hands. Another cool aspect of seeing this development is, you know, Nick Sirianni. Nick says things that sometimes become trite because he says them so often, you know, with dog mentality, things like that. And you kind of get used to it and maybe even roll your eyes a little bit. But with Jalen Hurts, he always said, and he always says to this day, I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's going to reach it because just because of uh, his work ethic and uh, his his desire to, to, to be the best uh, player he can be. Well, I mean, he's surpassed any ceiling that I thought he had already. So I don't know what his ceiling is, but I'm with Nick. He's going to reach it. Um, uh, it's tough to poke holes in, in Jalen Hurts right now. And I'm, that doesn't mean he's not going to have bad games. Everybody has bad games. You can go back to, you know, the two best regular season quarterbacks I've ever seen are Tom Brady and Pete Manning, certainly in the modern era. They had bad games in the primes of their careers. Everybody's going to have bad games. That's not going to say he's not going to have a bad game. But right now, it's tough to poke holes and in, in, in Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'll take Sirianni's stance to another level. Not only whatever his ceiling is, he's going to reach it. When he gets there, he's going to stay there because of his work ethic, because he puts so much time and effort in, because he is so dedicated, because he sets such high standards for himself. And oh, by the way, if this is his ceiling, I'm okay with that. There yeah, doesn't have to ceiling. be further yeah. growth. There might be, don't know that, but it doesn't have to be it's like the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And the Eagles can't win a Super Bowl with his quarterback play and everything else they got going for him. I'm telling you, it's not going to be on the quarterback. It's not going to be on Jalen Hurts. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Magamac guys. Oh, I see him. He's in the green moods, ready to rock and roll. We're lucky enough to have Jeff Mosher. From uh, InsideTheEagles.com and uh, we- Inside uh, the Birds. InsideTheBirds.com and website. Uh, coming up next, always good. Love when we have Motion. Jeff Motion next with us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. 
Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pond Lee Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pond Lee Hockey postgame show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pond Lee Hockey on Instagram and check out our posts for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. Jody McDonald along with John McMullen. And we got Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com and the podcast to jump in with us. He's looking borderline smug. Now, that's uh, me maybe overanalyzing. Wow. Wow. Like the referees pointing to the uh, – giving A.J. Brown the penalty for pointing to the opposition. Am I reading you right, Mosher? The, they, this team is that good right now that you've gotten a little smug. Guilty of charge. I'll think – I'll take the same hit here. Uh, I'm kind of smug about the Eagles' chances right now. I thought now. this was a personal shot, Moshe. <laughs> first personal of all, shot of first of all, I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> My Jody. <laughs> Jody has called me worse than smug. So, no, no, I kid because I care, and I can. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, it's no, it's my morning look. But listen, man, if the Eagles want to feel smug about being seven and zero, they they oh, sure yeah. can. There's there's no reason for them not to. Uh, yeah, I mean, boy, I find it harder and harder to nitpick with this team, Jeff. Um, 
special teams still, you know, some other Brandon had a penalty shouldn't have taken and, and you had uh, the fake, another fake punt that converted, but yeah, you know, some, I I keep saying that's going to bite them into, you know, what in upcoming weeks, but they're so good offensively and defensively. Somebody, somebody asked me, what do you think they should do? It might've been Jody, but I've been doing so many shows recently. But what what can they do better offensively? And I got a tough time coming up with it. I go, I, I, I mean, I, do you have anything? Well, it's funny. We we spent a lot of our bye week on inside the birds doing the whole self scouting thing. Where can teams improve? You know, every team, no matter how good it is, goes into the bye week. They look at the data and the yeah. analytics, and they see what do we do well, and how do we make sure that everybody else who sees what we do well. Um, doesn't then stop that so whether it's running different plays out of the same formation or trying some new things like they did yesterday to make sure that they're not stale uh you know the one thing we talked about with the eagles is is sort of bringing the shot play back into their offense because the last three games the jacksonville game um uh, the arizona game and then the game you know the dallas game going into the bye they were only averaging around seven yards uh, per yeah, attempt. They did so, yeah. and that was a big, big drop off from the first three games. And um, so, so what do they do? They just come out and do nothing but shot plays, ah, obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and we thought Quez Watkins was maybe somebody that that could find a role in the offense to be the shot play guy. But no, I guess AJ Brown and and who would have thought Zach Pascal would join the uh, shot play parade there? In that game, so they're such a well-balanced team, John. To your point, that they have the ability to hurt you in so many different ways, and and it is nitpicky to start finding ways where you're they're not hurting teams. All right, since since we've gotten nitpicky, we, <laughs> let's see. Went waited twenty five minutes because I certainly noticed this yesterday. Um, the offensive coaches, like callers, Sirianni, whatever, were on top of things and smart enough to see. Maybe we need to get our superstar players off the field, including the quarterback. So they subbed out a bunch of guys, a couple on the offensive line, the QB. On defense, the back seven never moved off the field. (laughs) They kept their safeties out there. They kept their corners out there for every snap. And they kept their linebackers out there for every snap. I said to John here on Friday, listen. If the Eagles get a blowout, which was a possibility, and they did, does Nicobe Dean do anything other than special teams anymore? He <sighs> never sees a, nat- a snap from scrimmage. Now, I'm not suggesting that he should be just getting in there for uh, sake purposes when the mm-hmm. game has yet to be decided. Kaiser White and uh, TJ Edwards have been good enough. They don't deserve to come off the field. But if you're going to pull off other players because you're acknowledging it's a blowout how do you get not get nicobe dean onto the field you know what it's a fair point <laughs> I, can't, I can't really argue it i would have been a pretty good opportunity to get him on the field there um i can't imagine i can't I, I don't know if it was asked in the press conference john you could probably answer that if, if why, why well i, I you, guys in defense. you know that's mainly i i was looking for jg in the locker room i, uh-huh. I did not see him I was going to ask him, um, but you know, Nick's Nick's not going to answer that question. So I will ask uh, Jonathan this week. Well, hopefully, Tuesday Happy Tuesday, week. not for Nicobe Dean since he can't get on the. Field. Yeah, I mean, did they you know, have a, if they wanted to pull 
their starting corners. They could have played McPherson at one. Yeah, exactly. They didn't they've been put... able to play at the other corner because Joe uh, was not active. Uh, Josiah Scott got hurt. Josiah uh, Scott got hurt. Yeah. Um, so they could have, you know, as you mentioned, they could have put – they didn't put Zach, Zach in there, uh, right. which surprised me a little bit. Right. Um, Nicobe as well. They did do stuff on the defensive line. Like Brandon uh, right. was dealing with a hamstring. Right. Um, so he didn't play that much. They got Quint. They even had Kyron Johnson. I'm just looking at the snap counts involved a little bit. Patrick Johnson up at 26 reps. So they did it on the defensive line, the front seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a rotational position to begin with. They didn't do it in the secondary. I mean, yeah. Slay and Bradbury played every snap. Every snap. Yeah. Um, and the linebackers played the best majority of the game. Avante played the best majority. Um, yeah, I probably would have pulled them. Yeah, the only but thing for, I, for, I would wonder is if if body count there in the backups was made, would have made it possible. You know, they lost two guys in the secondary and um, did. Are, they're not very deep at corner anyway. So yeah, but I mean, I would have put Zach out there, and I would have put I would have put Nicobe out. Yeah, there. I think so. I mean, that I was one. I I I I don't know why, other than. You know, one of the things you talked about self-scout, Jeff, uh, the Eagles came up with eight categories. Now, Nick wouldn't tell us what those eight categories were. Three Mm -hmm. were pretty obvious to me. Um, The second half scoring um, offensively, tackling defensively, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, special teams. There were some, you know, they want to get Dallas Goddard more involved in third down. Um, Mm -hmm. Ball security. I don't know how they get better in ball security. They're the only team in the NFL that hasn't lost a fumble, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, zero fumbles lost. (laughs) They're positive in every category. They're plus 14 on the season. I don't know how you get better there. Yeah. But to get back to the original point of why no Zach McPherson, why no N'Kobe Dean, maybe the tackling issue? I don't know. Maybe they want to keep them sharp for the tackling part of it. Yeah, and you know Chauncey is still learning that position. I mean, he's played well, and he has. Kavon, I should have put Kavon barely, but I think Kavon what had one snap. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's a fair point. It's a fair criticism, Jody. But, but you yeah. know, so yesterday's news. If, if they had done it across the board, if we hadn't seen Jurgens get into the game for Kelsey, I say, all right, they just stay with their starters. That's the team philosophy. We right. play every single snap, no matter what the scoreboard says. Mm-hmm. You pulled the MVP quarterback to get Gardner Minshew in there. You put Jurgens in there. You, you the one side oh, of the ball the whole did it, the other didn't. That doesn't pulled... make any sense to me. That means yeah. that either Steichen or uh, Gannon aren't on the same page with Sirianni right now. They pulled the whole offensive line except for Landon Dickerson, and on the first play um, with the new offensive line, Landon was the guy who got called for the penalty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go figure. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, you know, the short turnaround clearly, I, I imagine that that had a lot to do with it too, um, to get those guys out of there on offense. Yeah. And, you know, defensively, you can make the same argument. I know, you know, they were working on short, short week for the defense too this week coming up. True. They, they were working uh, in, in the locker room. They had the trainers. They had everything set up. They had the bikes set up. They had the back things set up. They had guys getting massages after the game. I believe uh, it. They were, they were very focused on getting guys bounced back quickly. So they know, you know, Thursday, 
As for the defense, I, you know, I don't know. That's all I can come up with. They want to sharpen those guys up because the tackling hasn't been great. Fire everybody. JJ gave up 13 points though six sacks Uh, is everyone happy this week no everybody's not happy this week so you're saying John it's not a uh, legitimate and fair question no it's a fair question I'll ask him the question but I'm going to default to his uh, I think he's having a great year everybody knows I like Jonathan everybody knows we're kind of close but he's a good he's a good coach so I give him the benefit of the doubt Um, Hold on. Let me ask John. I said to you on Friday before you left, will you get a chance to talk to John again? And would he get N'Kobe Dean in? You didn't make that uh, request, did you? I already knew the answer. I did. I did. Well, if you had, maybe he would have thought of it. Maybe he was so wrapped up in game planning and and making sure they got there. Well, no, if you were... it went right over we're, his head. If his buddy, his boy, McMullen, had said something to him, maybe we'd have thought long and hard enough to go, we, uh, yeah, you know, maybe we need to get our subs in here. I think actually, bad job by the assistant defensive coordinator, exactly. John McMullen. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, actually, McMullen's now, he's sounding, you were looking, he's sounding a little smug. Actually, well, he's having a good, he's got a good defense. I don't know if people have noticed, but he's got a good defense. Um, it, it, you know, I thought, and I said on the show, if they blow them out, maybe he'll get a couple reps at the end of the game. I thought maybe he would. Oh, th- tw- 22 wasn't enough? Getting up by 22 points wasn't no, enough? No, I'm surprised he didn't. I'm saying I'm surprised he didn't get some reps. I'm surprised Kayvon. I'm really surprised Zach McPherson uh, didn't get some reps. That's the biggest surprise to me. I thought he would come in for Slay um, relatively early. Uh, so I'm a little surprised. I admit it, but like the the difference is, I'm all right. I'm I'm gonna I'll ask the question, but I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's a good defense. Am it's I very wrong? good defense, but it's still a little this is definitely fun. some seven and zero problems right here, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And we know where they go from here, which is uh, Houston. Which oh, by the way, they got a problem. They're not very yeah. good. Um, yeah. I won't say the Eagles just have to throw their helmets out there on the field but it's damn close to it. What are they looking to do on this quick turnaround week, Jeff? What do you think the game plan is? What do you think the coach is going to try and accomplish on a Thursday night trip down south? Yeah, I mean, I think you tend to keep it simpler um, on the short rest, which probably actually favors the Eagles over the Texans because when the Eagles keep it simple, they go to their ground game. Uh, and then the Texans play a lot of two deep anyway. So they're with Lovey Smith there. So I think oh, it invites yeah. you to want to run in the first place. So that'll be really the challenge that faces the Texans. Can they stop the Eagles uh, run game? And I think for the, you know, the Eagles will, will draw up a few things, but for the most part, they'll do what they do. I don't think uh, you, you, this is not the week where you see a lot of gadgetry, where you see a lot of uh, new, if there's anything new, it's that they were planning on it during the bye week as well. And looking a little bit ahead but you try not to do that. So I think it'll be a fairly um, honest kind of game plan and you just go out there and it's really, you have to look at the situation like Nick Sirianni where you're the better team, you have the better talent. The one thing you can't do is, you know, make goofball mistakes, turn the ball over, which they haven't done. Uh, Keep it simple, come out with a W, play good defense, and then you're 8-0 with an extra rest. Well, one concern, one legitimate concern, not nitpicking, uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Davis is going to miss some time. Yeah. Um, 
you know, high ankle sprain, typically a four or six week injury, depending he's going to get an MRI uh, probably already has this morning, but um, it, you know, he doesn't play a ton statistically, but I think people don't realize enough. People don't realize how important he is to those five man fronts. They don't right. really have a backup for Jordan no. Davis who can do those same things. Right. That's one where I go, hmm, this, you know, then you have to play more four man fronts. Are you as effective? That could have a, a domino effect in a negative fashion for this Eagles defense. Well, they didn't have him last year, and they played five-man fronts on first and second down or against the run with Jannard Avery. And so that's what you have to wonder. Do they go back to doing that where it's more of a, you know, they don't have the zero technique in Jordan Davis, so they go back to playing, you know, like Fletch in a four-eye or Javon in a a four-eye, and then you've got – you can use sort of Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat as your ends with Redick playing that sort of Jannard Avery role. So it still gives you like – a five-man front, uh, if you want to do that in first and second down, then you get into your your four-man fronts to rush the passer. Or, you know, one of the things that they liked about Marlon Tuipolotu coming out of USC two years ago was that he actually played over the center uh, at times. He played both a three-technique and over the center at USC. And um, it's one of the reasons they liked him in the fifth round. They thought he had that kind of um, multiplicity to be able to handle both. Now, he's clearly not going to get at 305 pounds. He's not going to give you – what you get from Jordan Davis. Um, it, that's why I thought for a little bit, you know, early in the offseason that maybe a guy like Noah Ellis for, that they brought in from yeah, Utah. so did I. I don't know. I thought, yeah, would have yeah. a chance to make the team as the, the backup nose because he was a 350-pound guy. So either they're going to be schematically different like last year or they're going to try to see if a guy like Marlon Tuipoloto, maybe Marvin Wilson from the practice squad can sort of be the zero technique. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried a little bit of both just to see what they could what could ha- they can get away with there. The reason why I think you're right, Jeff, about them reverting to last year is at least this week, that was as good as Fletcher Cox and Hargrave have played all year long. I think if you were grading out all seven games, both of them would get their highest grade yesterday. Now, part of that was because Davis was on the field, the plays he was on the field, and he does make everything a little bit easier for the defensive line. But they were as active and as mobile as I'd seen them all year long. I don't know how much you attribute that to the Steelers' offensive line not being real good, but I'm not going to go into a panic mode because Davis is out because the guys around him all picked them up big time yesterday. Yeah, well, I, I'll throw in another factor that might have uh, lit a little fire under, especially under Javon Hargrave, is that the addition of Robert Quinn gave the Eagles, if they want, the ability to kind of turn back the clock a little bit and play a little NASCAR package, which would move Brandon Graham inside, put Reddick and Quinn on the outside, and that only leaves you with one other guy in, next to Graham on the inside, either Cox or Hargrave. And if you were going with the hot hand, uh, I don't think Hargrave has had the kind of year this year up until yesterday, right, that you saw from him last year. And he's also on the last year of his deal. He doesn't have an extension. They're playing a different defensive line front. So, um, look, I, I don't know if that was in their heads or anything like that, but certainly when you add another pass rusher to the mix and you have more opportunities to put different kind of per, uh, personnel groupings, then everybody's got to look around and say, well, someone's losing snaps because this guy's here I don't want it to be me, right? So then all of a sudden you see see a, a, like a race to the quarterback on, on Sunday there. 
Uh, most let's talk about the NFC East, baby. Who didn't now the Giants finally lose? Um, but otherwise, it's three for four. So, uh, I'll give Field Yates credit for this. Uh, uh, per Elias Sports, the NFC East is 23 and eight, win percentage of 742, the highest combined winning percentage for a division. Through eight weeks since the merger in 1970. Wow. Um, who didn't see that coming? I know I did. This was the best division in the history in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, we didn't have that. Uh, I knew the I knew the NFC East was going to be better because of the old you know axiom that it couldn't be any worse <laughs> after three <laughs> or four years. Um, and obviously a lot of teams that, you know, the Giants had made, made a, a significant number of moves in the coaching staff and front office, and then they had a bunch of picks. And uh, I thought Dallas was going to be a very good team. I still think they, I still think Dallas is the second best team in the NFC. When all so do I. When, so when do Dak I. got the quarterback. Yeah. And uh, Washington, Washington's got a really good defense. And I don't know why every year for the last three years it's taken them six weeks to figure out how to use their good defense, but they have good defensive talent now some of it is a little bit uh, schedule obviously schedule oriented I don't know if they're really the best division in the NFC East but I did note yesterday it's the only division in the NFC that has all four teams that are at least 500 or better yeah. a feat matched only by the AFC East which is another all crazy about East football You're yeah right. like when, since when has the AFC East ever been known for anything other than the Patriots dominating or the Bills last year so who would have thought that would have been the other division to be all, all above 500 or all 500 or better. Let me, uh, let me run this by both you guys. I'm hoping neither one of you saw it because you won't come up with it. I saw this tweet last night. Um, one of the few quarterbacks in the NFL, four to be exact, who have a better quarterback rating than Jalen Hurts is Geno Smith, mm-hmm. who beat the Giants yesterday. Do you know who Geno Smith said after the game yesterday? Uh, you know, after you get a win, you said, we got this one for, you dedicate the win. Geno Smith dedicated the win yesterday after the mm-hmm. Seahawks beat the Giants. Did you see who he dedicated it to? I did. So I'll leave it in Johnny uh, Mac's hands if he can guess. Johnny Mac, did you see this? I did not. So I am uh, out I, of the loop. Then, Hold then on Jeff to your seat I, for this one, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> Jeff and I will tell you this. He dedicated the win to Ben McAdoo and Jerry Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah. For his one year as the giant backup, he replaces Eli Manning, who loses a 210-game consecutive starting streak, and then is immediately back on the bench because the owner called McAdoo into the office and said, what the hell are you doing replacing Geno Smith? Well, Eli Manning with Geno Smith. But he went out of his way to say they believed in him the former giant failed head coach and since departed general manager is who Geno Smith thanked yesterday. None of the giant, none of the regular players, none of his teammates. The the five the five years ago guys who gave hey, the job as a backup. I, you know, I'm not I'm not a big Ben McAdoo guy. By the way, the Eagles almost hired Ben McAdoo, so uh, uh, be very. Uh, you know, thank the football gods that didn't come to pass. I, I believe he, the story is he turned around at the Molly Pitcher service area. The Giants yes. talked him back. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jerry Reese is a guy who I always liked, and I think it took the Giants years and years and years and years to recover from firing Jerry Reese. 
Um, and they finally seem to have gotten it right with uh, Joe Shane. So I, I like that. I like that. And they did believe, hey, who believed in him? So I I, I applaud him for that. I, uh, I think I'd go with Because he's playing Pete. very well. If I were Geno Smith, I think I'd go with Pete Carroll, who gave him the starting job. Well, year. yeah. That, oh, yeah he was trying to rub it in against the Giants, though. That's yeah. the way I would look at it. Yeah, he's trying to no, spike, That was a little nod to the yeah, Giants. he's trying media, to spike though. the football, that, yeah. too, uh, yeah, a little bit, the probably. Moons, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And Gino, yeah, hey, man, he's playing well. And uh, the Seahawks, nobody had them as a, a surprise team. But let's talk about the quarterback here, Mosh. I mean, we were talking about him before you came on. Nick Sirianni, I said, you know, comes here. He says certain things, and you know this, Jeff, that mm-hmm. become trite because he's – says them so much dog mentality you know blah blah competitive advantage not yada 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 yeah one thing he said about jalen hurts i started tuning out was i don't i don't know what his ceiling is but he's going to reach it you know mm. speaking mm-hmm. to his his football iq his work ethic his uh just his desire to get better he was right man this 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 kid he could beat you running the football. He didn't run it at all yesterday. He just beat them throwing the football down the field, as you mentioned, shot plays. He's great yep. with that um, that go route down the sideline, dropping it in the bucket, tremendous at it. We know his mobility. But the thing that impresses me most is decision-making. He's making the right decision. He's turned the football over twice through seven games. Twice. And Nick Sirianni blames himself for one. He, he threw an interception against Minnesota on a bad screen call mm-hmm. to Kenny Gainwell and a lot of traffic. And then the other one was the pick six and bad weather against Jacksonville. That's it. Yeah. And the Gainwell one, I don't you know. I mean, I think you can blame Gainwell among the yeah. three. Yeah. And went Nick right takes off the blame, hand. but you should blame yeah. Kenny. But yeah. either way, yeah. it's not Jalen's fault. He's, you know, even when he was struggling, um, struggling when he took over for Carson Wentz two years ago and had to play and they went one I think one and four or or, uh in his starts and going back to last year in the first six games when they weren't doing well he he was not one who often put the ball in harm's way you know that game against the Giants where he had three interceptions was the exception for him not the rule um and then of course against the Tampa Bay Bucks in the playoffs again that's that that's one of the best defenses he faced in his career uh, but for the most part, he's been a good caretaker of the football, and especially when you consider the volume with which he has the ball in his hands, not just as a passer, yeah. but also as a runner, the hits that he takes, the, you know, you get more tired when you're running around like that. So that part of it has not not been surprising. I think, the, you know, like you said, the biggest development is that he knows where he wants to go with the ball now. I think he's doing a much better job of understanding what the defense is trying to do to him and the Eagles offense. Uh, the Eagles offense helps keep defenses off balance by mixing the RPO with the run and the pass. But there are times like the Minnesota game too, where they ask Jalen to, especially in the first half to throw the ball to 65 to 70% clip. And you're not running that much. And they're still able to move the chains because he's doing an excellent job of finding his targets. And I think he does a way better job. Uh, when he does get out of the pocket of keeping his eyes down the field, knowing where he wants to go with the football. He's made tremendous progress there. I mean, it's – I don't know what his ceiling is either, but he seems to be taking a step forward each week uh, to the point where you're – you don't even wonder about him anymore. You just – you know, you expect 
pretty good play out of the quarterback, if not very good or great play. And a couple of guys I want to give kudos to on the offense because Jalen and AJ are going to grab all the headlines. Well, they should because they were both that great. Uh, And even Zach Pascal with a touchdown, kind of surprising when you say the uh, throw it down field play. Didn't think it was going to be Zach, uh, Mm -hmm. but sure enough, he got his TD. Uh, Again, Dallas Goddard, six targets, six receptions. He catches everything that goes his way, gets first downs, and oh, by the way, I caught it uh, not watching game film. It was just that obvious. He had some killer blocks yesterday that sprung big plays. He really is underrated for the fact that he might be as good a blocker. They got a couple of offensive linemen that double his tight end, backup tight ends that are actually blockers. No, he's one of the best receiving tight ends who can block with any tight end in the National Football League. He just leveled a couple of guys in their in their game yesterday. Yeah is kind of flying under the radar, but he looks yeah. like an FC Pro Bowl tight end to me. Yeah, I mean, when everybody's healthy, um, I think you can make an argument for him as the second best, second most complete tight end in football behind George Kittle. When George Kittle's healthy, he does yeah, everything well. He blocks yeah. well, he catches well, his catch radius for a tight end is really good, his route running. every, every George Kittle, when healthy, does everything excellently. Um, he's just very rarely healthy. But Dallas Goddard, Right behind. Now, Dallas will occasionally have one of those drops that it's maddening. You know, so A.J. Brown had a couple, too, where, you know, right there. But then he makes a play also, like yesterday on third down, where he, like, kind of one hand tips the ball to himself, still catches it, still turns upfield and gets extra yards. I don't think I've seen the guy get tackled on the first, um, first contact ever. And he's one of the few tight ends that I think you can run a slow developing tight end screen to and still get him to get skinny through that hole and make extra yards. He almost he's almost like a, a running back on a on a tight end screen in that regard. Yeah. Uh it, and you know, when you guys watched the Zach Pascal touchdown, it was all Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Everybody was all over Dallas Goddard. Zach Pascal was just da 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 <laughs> just scoting down the field. Uh and that's the most impressive part about this offense because they went a different way every week. You mentioned mm-hmm. the shot plays weren't involved most for a couple of weeks, then bang, here it is. Um, you mentioned cover two. Lovey Smith is going to play that certainly on a short week. They'll probably go back to running the football. And, mm-hmm. you know, people say, you know, why is Jalen running for three touchdowns and not throwing for four touchdowns? <laughs> who cares? It's going to be eight. Uh, no. Yeah. Who, who, who cares? That to me is the most impressive part of the Eagles offense because typically when you have even these really good teams that are 13 and three, well, now it's 13 and four or whatever, these really mm-hmm. good teams, they do things well. And you know what they do well, but those weeks they lose, it's because teams can stop certain aspects. I don't know why. I've been saying this for a while. If I'm a defensive coordinator playing the Eagles, what am I stopping? I I I I mean, what what am I trying to stop first? If you're Bill Belichick, the best we've ever seen, I think we can all agree on that, mm-hmm. who's kind of famous for taking one player out of the game. Um, who are you taking out of the game and why is it gonna make you better as a defense? Yeah, that's that's a great question. It really is. And I think that different teams have tried different approaches. The Lions tried to blitz the crap out of Jalen Hurts. And then you saw 
the Vikings try to just sit back in a soft coverage. And then you see how Washington kind of mix a little bit of both. I thought if you go back and watch the Jacksonville game, they actually played pretty – I know it was a driving rainstorm, but Mike Caldwell had a really nice game plan. I mean, he really mixed yeah. up. Well, he little... came from Tampa Bay. So, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And and then when the Eagles felt like things weren't going great for them because of it, they just said, well, we'll just run the ball. <laughs> and then they just ran the ball. That, that's their best fallback. When things aren't stable for them, they can just simply decide to play some old-school football, run the ball, add a few RPOs and quarterback runs, design runs in there just so that you're not – stale with your running game and then you have a comp- an opponent that just has nothing left anymore you know they get tired they don't know what to do now they have to play the run and the pass and it becomes very difficult the, the best defense against the eagles is to have and they've yet to run into a team that really has done it well but is to have a ball control offense yeah and the yeah. offense now you saw the cowboys the, the second cowboys game if it means anything will be interesting Because the Cowboys philosophically had the right idea. They just got to it too late, which is when the Eagles are in their five-man front, that's when you have to pass on them. You have to kind of work the play-action pass if you can because it's hard with five guys up front like that. you got to be able to move the ball on the edges. And then when you get into third down or second down and the Eagles go to a four-man front, that's actually when you have to run on them, where you have to use your double teams, push them out in the middle, and you saw the Cowboys do that with Pollard and and Ezekiel Elliott in the second half pretty well. They they put it together. But then you also have to play great defense when the Eagles do have the ball too. I am interested with Tennessee and Derrick Henry because if they can get a lead and they can play from uh, front – and they can just try to run the ball downhill. We talk about the tackling issues. Right. That's a game I, I have an asterisk. I want to see that game. I want to see how it unfolds. Yep. Um, but they'll probably get a two-touchdown lead. I thought the Colts were, would also be that type of team, John, yeah. until you know they were on their Sam Ellinger as a quarterback. So yeah. Now it, yeah. <laughs> and, and, oh, by the way, we had friend of this show, uh, John Machote, on my CBS show last night, covers the Cowboys for the Athletic. I asked him about uh, with Pollard doing what he did yesterday, if he's going to become the one and Zeke becomes the one. I said to a man, they all said no down in Dallas. That is still <laughs> Zeke's team. They were, uh, the coach says he's got two ones. He won't even acknowledge one as a one. A, But they still believe in Dallas. And Jerry was the first to say it. We're only going to go as far as Zeke takes us. Well, they went pretty far yesterday without Zeke in the lineup at all. Pollard was damn good. So you're right. That second Dallas game, they could. Uh, run the football against them. It it could be a competitive game. I, I, by the I way, no matter how about... uh, no matter how much Zeke declines when he plays the Eagles, he looks like the Zeke from five or six yeah, years ago he does. every he single does. time. Back, he does. Back <laughs> the against the Eagles. You're right. Yeah. Uh, a couple other NFC teams I want to hit on before we let you roll, Mitch. Uh, Mush. Um, the Rams now in a spot of trouble. Seattle looks like they might be real out west. San Francisco's not only had him in the standing, has two wins over them. Wow, Christian McCaffrey, too. Oh, oh, oh. Came up huge for the 49ers. Are the Rams dead in the water? And are the Packers dead in the water? We got them on the schedule here in a couple of weeks. Aaron Rodgers seems off kilter. He's throwing teammates under the bus. They made one oh, that's play normal. last night. That's normal, by the way. Yeah. That's normal for Aaron. <laughs> That's well, um, the, the, the Packers aren't normal this year. No, normal no. for the Packers is 12 or 13 wins. Yes. They're not getting that, John. This no. is anything but a normal year for the yeah. Green Bay Packers. I don't think the Rams are out of it, but 
I, you know, I, I, I would look at San Francisco as the team that I think that will eventually emerge as the uh, winner of that division. And it'll, the, Seattle and LA will be fighting it out for a wild card. If they, I mean, there, there's still so many wild card. I mean, the Bears are three and five. They're, they're, the Bears are awful, and they're three and I know. five. They're in a wild I card. Mix, I think so. the Vikings are awful, to be honest. The Vikings are awful. They're six, six and one. one. Yeah. 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 I think the Giants are awful. They're six and two. Yeah. I, 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 I'm abusing the privilege most, but I'll make it up to you. At Jeff Mosher NFL, Inside the Birds, <laughs> InsideTheBirds.com, the podcast with our buddy Adam Kaplan as well. They do a tremendous, tremendous job. Um, saw uh, Andrew DiCecco down at the game. He's a great guy as well. Helps out at Inside the Birds. Trade deadline. I forgot about the trade deadline. Is that yeah. we've done? He's got the short week. He can't do much uh, as far as getting people ramped up, but is he done? Is he going to make uh, another move? It would not surprise me if he made another move, John. You know, I know um, just through sourcing that he has looked at the uh, available running backs or the, the running backs who are kind of perceived to be available around the league. And, you know, the, everybody knows the names, the Alvin Kamara's and the uh, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, I don't – I'll never say never on anything, but the Kamara one seems like it would be very difficult. Well, they're not giving up a first-round pick. Bro. Exactly. Well, that they, part. Saints only yeah. want their first-round pick back. Yeah, That's not yeah sure, sure. And I want $5 million. So <laughs> um, the one that seems to stick out to me is Kareem Hunt because the Browns are about – and tonight they're playing tonight, so it'll be kind of interesting to see if a move is made before that game or if he dresses or not. But the Browns are getting back uh, one of their injured running backs, Jerome Ford. And um, they gave some like guaranteed money to Dearness. Uh, what is his name? Dearness Foreman. Yeah, yeah Dearness Jackson. Yeah. So they're going to have a log jam here. They're going to have four running backs. And of course, it doesn't seem like Kareem Hunt is long for the Browns beyond this year. And they're also the Browns, even though they're kind of in it, they're really, you know, treading what if they lose tonight, they're two and six. So maybe they're not. Um so I could see the Browns being motivated to move Kareem Hunt. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it's out there about what they want, but what you want and what you wind up getting usually isn't the same thing. Now, from from an Eagle side, even though we know how he has done homework on these guys, they don't have too many mid-round picks to offer, if any, anymore. Right? They have no, two yeah, ones, they, they have a two, a three, and then a couple oh, sevens. Seven, all the way down to the sevens, yeah. So I guess it would have to be something fairly creative. But, I mean, Howie has looked at the landscape there, and, and Kareem Hunt is the guy whose name seems to make, you know, from when I talk to people around the league, seems they feel like that's the marriage that would make the most sense. I just don't know from a draft uh, compensation standpoint how that would work, given what the Eagles have. See, if I were the general manager, I'd more be looking to add a defensive secondary backup guy than I agree a guy who go, go into a rotational piece. But then again, JG doesn't believe in playing backup, so <laughs> no, you really want to go there. But you could kill two birds with one stone if you brought in a guy like Kareem Hunt and then moved uh, Boston Scott into your kick return role. Um, yeah, he should be in that to. role. He should yeah. be. He should should have started. Green Covey's not a kick returner. He, he's and just by the way, uh, hold on. Let, let me just ask you. Do you really believe they don't use Boston Scott because they're risking injury on the kick return? That his massive nah, contribution nah. from the line of scrimmage is something <laughs> they can't, couldn't afford to put at risk, most? I don't know what they're thinking on it is. I just know that Britton Covey is not a kickoff yeah. returner. And when I see Devontae Smith, when I see Devontae Smith as a punt returner in a game that you're already pretty in control of, 
I think, what are you, what, what's the philosophy on that one? <laughs> By the way, I'm tilting towards Devontae Smith as the punt returner because I'm watching the London game yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, Christian Kirk is returning punts. Yeah. I was watching the Miami game a couple weeks ago. Tyreek Hill is returning punts. If those guys can return punts, why can't Devontae Smith return punts? I mean, the, I'm, those I'm guys tired of this mentality. Outweighed. Yeah, I, I yeah. hear you. I just, I just think that you know, Tyreek Hill is such a superhuman athlete. I, I, I get what you're saying. The injury risk is bad, but he's built like a running back. He's a strong wide receiver, and All you know, right. Kirk yeah. too is not a. He's not like 165 pounds. That, that's my only thing on Devontae Smith is that. I don't know. You even watch Britton Covey. He looks like he's getting pile drive every single time. He gets oh, tapped. yeah, he does. Poor. <laughs> I love it. Right. And you know who yeah. looked bigger? They showed film of him, um, Deshaun. I remember when Deshaun first showed up here. He was about 165 pounds and undersized. He's gotten he bigger was. as the years have gone on. And he, he hadn't does. lost any speed. It is amazing. He can still run like the wind. Don't know that he's going to contribute anything this year, but he can still run. And, yeah, I'm hoping uh, that uh, uh, Mr. Smith is there. Uh, uh, returner for the, the more often uh, than going forward we've seen this year. Most we've kept, kept you more than a half an hour. We can't thank no you problem. enough for coming on board with us. We will certainly. Uh... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch up again in a month or so. Thanks for doing this today. We appreciate it greatly. All right, fellas. Have a great one. You got it. Jeff Mosher is the best uh, when it comes to uh, stuff like this. He just uh, always enjoy whatever he, he comes on, and he uh, he works hard at getting on with. It. He can't do this, can't do that, but he eventually uh, clears some space and some time for us. So we thank him very much. All right, he's John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald. Another guy who's been great to us as well is going to join us now. Shooting less than twenty minutes. Chris Franklin from NJ. Yeah, Chris was playing hurt. He was under the weather yesterday. He's still coming. Really? He's playing hurt. Yeah. Hopefully he's feeling better. It, so he's smart enough not to sit next to you. You were lucky. Yeah. In the- well, you should know. I spilled coffee yesterday. What a disaster. What a disaster. I'm so embarrassed. Who'd you get? Gotta- tell me you got, tell me you got groats. No, I got myself. Oh. I got myself. I got myself. And I had to, I was panicked, man. I, it, on the phone, on the laptop, everything. I got it off very quickly. Uh, so all was well. But man, I got to get better. And it's a short week, Jody. I don't know how. Yeah, I, I, I always thought you had good hands, McMullen. Maybe man. not. I don't. My Maybe wife, I over evaluated. I do have good hands. I don't spill anything. I'm disgusted with myself. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> he's like Jalen Hurts. He's got this standard that he can't yeah. seem to match, but he's going to continue to try. J-Mac, J-Mac, you got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. 
Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram and check out our posts for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds. Welcome to Pondley Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. And Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. about a 7-0 football team. This is almost getting monotonous. Uh, once again, the only team in the National Football League that hasn't lost a game this year is the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's been since week three. We're now at week eight. And the yeah. Eagles are the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Uh, another outstanding win yesterday against the Steelers, 35-13. And it truly wasn't that close. It was a dominating effort. Uh, that they grabbed an early lead and just kept widening it. Um, yeah, we could go through it quarter by quarter, possession by possession, play by play, John. Um, and you can pick out the areas where they might have been able to do something slightly better. But this, for me, was their most complete game. 
opening deferral to the final gun. Hey, by the way, Jody, I uh, I was wa- uh, watching the replay of one game last night, and one of the announcers, and I I, I apologize for uh, forgetting which one, but they gave it the stats of the coin toss. I thought you'd be interested in this. League-wide, 92% of the time this year, people are deferring. Deferring, yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah. A- analytics again rule the yeah. world which uh go ahead you can go down that road i'll choose not to i'll i'll keep it I'm, I'm with you i think it should be more situational exactly I, typically i'm, I'm not i'm gonna defer way more especially if i'm a good team i'm gonna defer way more than i don't but i think it's always situational for a bad team i'm gonna start thinking about you know not deferring i'm gonna take control i want to play from the lead um, hopefully if you have, you have confidence in your scripting ability, your openers, I, for a bad team, I, I think they should think about it more good team. Yeah. 92% probably. Right. Um, and... But every once in a while, like Buffalo, Buffalo, Kansas city, if I'm playing those two teams and I win the toss, I'm taking the football. I want to, I want to shorten the game. I want to give Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, the least amount of opportunity to have the football in their hands. I think it makes sense. And you could probably look this up. Maybe you'd know it off the top of your head. Um, Nick Sirianni coached 17 games last year and or 18 counting the playoff game and seven games this year. Uh, so that's 25 games. Um, let's say he's won the Coin toss half, 12 they or 13. They win a lot. They win a lot of so coins. So you want to say more than half, so I, say. I, 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 I don't have the numbers. But 16 or 17. I'm telling like you, every week. he's 16 and 0. Has he ever said, won the toss and said, yeah, give us the ball? I don't think so. I think he is just an analytical wonk when it comes to that. The the, the numbers say you must, must, not, not should, you must defer and give the other team the ball first, and I think that's just wrong. I do not think – I believe there's one time where he took the football, but I'm you not do, positive. Can, can, can you please look that up for I, I, me? And you know, I'll, give, I, I'll give Sirianni credit if that's the case. I think he's uh, That's just off the top. Yeah, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I, I believe I remember one time. Um, I don't even know where to look that up, but I'll try to look it up. Um, uh, it. it, it I don't, but one thing you said, I do not think it's true. He is not an analytical wonk. No, um, I'm talking about this one thing. Yeah. I'm talking um, about on kickoffs. I'm not making a general statement about the yeah, way he coaches right. his football yeah. team. I just believe no, that yeah, that's he the definitely, case about the kickoff. Yeah, he definitely wants to defer. And, and more than analytics, I think it has to do with deference to Bill Belichick because he's the guy who gets the credit of. Oh, you got it like he was the first to come up with it. Hey, if you sandwich the first half and the second half with scores, you're probably going to win. Um, and that's the goal of every team when they're deferring. They want to score at the end of the first half, and they want to take the football and score at the beginning of the second half. And if you do that, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. So I get it, but I do think there is more avenues to think about other things at times. And the rest of the league is kind of defaulting to, all right, we won the toss, let's defer. Another guy I want to give props to uh, did so for Goddard last segment when we had Moshe on, 
Um, yeah, Miles had an under the radar good game yesterday, and I'll give credit number one to the play calling, number two to the blocking because there are some big holes. But it all starts with Miles and his abilities and capabilities hitting the hole, going upfield immediately, not doing any dancing, driving when he gets to the point of contact to make sure he gets the extra yard or two. He had a damn good game. I know when A.J. Brown does what he does and makes that unbelievable athletic play the first time and then the two great Hurts passes just dropping it in the bucket to him, they're going to grab all the, the attention. Miles had a damn good game yesterday, J. Mack. Yeah, well, second half, you know, they didn't run the ball at all in the first half, right? but they didn't have to. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, Miles is just a good player. I, you know, he's not great. I, I've said it since the start of the season. Um, and, you know, we talked about the trade deadline. Everybody's talking about running backs, running backs, running backs. I do get the feeling that Howie wants to improve at running back, but I don't necessarily think it has much to do with Miles Sanders. I think it has more to do with Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. Um, He wants two running backs that he can count on, and I don't think he believes he has two. I believe he has one. And, you know, would you like him to be a better receiver? Sure. Would you like him to be a better pass protector? Sure. But when it comes to running the football, he's he's good. He's a good player. Um, and he's having a good season. If they – do you think they need another running back? Or is yeah, it but overkill? I, I, is it I, Howie being Howie that it's – I mean, Because it's there, <clears throat> we have to get something done. If you ask me what could they use most – I would say third safety first. I would say running back probably second or backup tight end uh, second. You could argue. But do they need it? No, probably not. But look, if Miles gets hurt tomorrow, I think they're limited. Um, I, I don't think Kenny Gainwell has played well this season. I don't think he played well over the summer. I don't think he took the step forward that they were hoping. Um, now, Boston, you know, every time they put him in there, he seems to produce. Um, but I think he's the kind of guy who, if he has to play over an extended period of time, uh, it's going to start to affect you more and more. Um so, yeah, I think they could use more depth at running back, but I don't think they need it. Um, I don't think they need anything. I don't think they needed Robert Quinn. I said it pretty consistently, who played 20 snaps, by the way, and didn't show me much. I have to watch again, but um, I don't think they needed him. Um, they were 6-0 and before that trade. They're 7-0 and before if they make a trade uh, this week. I don't think they need anything, but if you were to ask me which positions would I like a little bit more depth, running back would be one of those positions. And I'm sorry, I know I'm <clears throat> going to incur the wrath of my partner here because I'm going to question the defensive coordinator. <laughs> I, I would have got. I question I, him all the time. I would have gotten the two cornerbacks off the field because I said that. Zach, well, he couldn't, as Mosher pointed out. I was more surprised, even more than Nicobe Dean, I was more surprised that Zach McPherson didn't play at all. I thought 
you know, Slay would be out of there. Now, they lost um, uh, Josiah Scott in the game to an injury, um, and Josh Job was out because he's got a shoulder issue. Um, so somebody had to play. Um, but I would have gotten Slay out of there. Yeah, I'm very surprised, Zach McPherson. Because you, you, you put tight end and running back both ahead of backup corner. No, my my two biggest, if you have to make a deal, you, it falls into your lap. It's value and valuations both. Backup safety one, backup corner two. Because I'm sorry, I just haven't <clears throat> seen enough of Zach Mack to go, all right, if Bradbury goes down, it'll be a drop-off, but it won't be a death knell because uh, Zach Mack is, 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 is reasonably capable of playing quarterback. I don't know well, that. He doesn't that's get fair. on the field. That's fair. Um, yeah, you can add corner in as well, outside corner especially. Um, yeah, I would have no problem with that. I don't, I, you know, if you ask me who's who's the best player, uh, you know, Zach McPherson, Kayvon Wallace, uh, Jack Stoll, uh, Nicobe Dean, I would say who's the best player right now? I would say Nakobe has the biggest upside, obviously. But who's right. the best we, player? We, we know nothing about Nakobe Dean. It's been seven weeks since we even saw him on yeah. anything other than special. But teams. if you ask me which of those four is is the best and most uh, capable of coming in, I would say Zach McPherson. Not that it's great, but I would lean towards Zach McPherson. Right. And how many snaps has he played from scrimmage this year? Um, I would have to look it up. He played a decent amount last year, but I oh, because uh, to... Slay got hurt the one game. No, so he actually so got did. hurt in three games. Um, well, one he missed more than he got hurt in the first half, and he, he had a couple of concussions. Game. And um, but I'll look it up real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, like again, I'm 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 agreeing with you, but I would say of those four players, because that's what we're talking about: those positions and the and the top backup. I wouldn't be comfortable with any of them. Um, but he would be the best of the lot, is how I would describe it. He's played 73 this year, um, which is a little bit more than I expected. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's because of the slay, slay injuries. Otherwise, JG wouldn't have put him in there either because he sticks with his starters. We we determined that yesterday in a blowout over the Steelers. Right, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We're your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Count them seven and zero Philadelphia Eagles right now. Uh, yeah, we're we're talking about trying to emphasize everything that's right about being undefeated at this time. But yeah, from time to time we do throw a question out there, nitpicking type question. We'll do some of that with our next guest, Chris Franklin, NJ Duckham. Where's Franklin going to be? Inside, outside? Uh, in good board. question. He's Will probably we be, be able inside. to hear the birds? <clears throat> Will we got the birds in the background, Johnny Mac. No, it's a little under the weather. Uh, you know, I'm get. It was a little chilly this morning. I'm guessing he's going to be inside with a cup of tea. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> Keep. Uh, I, I, Chris, keep the tea away from McMullen. He's got bad Yeah, hands. I might spill that. He, yeah. he could spill it all over you. You don't Man, want to do that I'm to you, you don't know how. I'm at that, I can't get over it, Jody. It's bothering me. That is funny. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back. Chris Franklin up next here on Bird Street 65. <clears throat> Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. 
Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pond Lee Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pond Lee Hockey postgame show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pond Lee Hockey on Instagram and check out our posts for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds. Appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365. Got a bunch of people streamed in with us today because we're talking about the seven and old birds. If you like the Eagles, feel free to like McMullen and McDonald. Hit that like button, like, share, and subscribe to us here on Birds 365. And like, share, and subscribe to Chris Franklin, who looks like again. Are you outdoors or you got the screened in porch going? Oh, oh screened in porch. It's, yeah. it's close to the I'm going right now, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chilly out. Uh, yeah. Playing her too, Chris Franklin. So we thank you for coming on. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, I hope you're feeling as good as the Eagles, uh, but that's probably not possible at this stage. Well, you know, um, I think I'm looking at the injury report. Uh, I think it'll be day to day. I should be available for uh, this upcoming night. And uh, short week, virtual- man. Short week. <laughs> yeah, man. Virtual uh, wise, uh, 
always be leery about the cheesesteak egg rolls on a food truck. I was looking at that. <laughs> oh, we're going food poisoning. All right. Oh, God. Well, that's fair. You know. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna start you with a hypothetical question because I love them. They're sports talk staples. <laughs> Sometimes they're not even close to being based in reality, but who the hell cares? Um, eight weeks ago, before the season started, the Eagles are getting ready for their first game. If you were to have projected what you thought a contract extension for Jalen Hurts would have looked like, and now eight weeks later, after starting 7-0 and and being a top-five quarterback in the National Football League, how much of a difference is there in dollars and cents? How, how high has I gotten for Jalen Hurts on his next contract with the Philadelphia Eagles? If you would have asked me during training camp, I would have thought maybe about the range of 36, 37. Now you're looking around... 43 to 45 just by what he's been showing so far and what the future projection is with this offense because they're all still young and you know he's going to put up numbers if they, these guys continue to gel and get chemistry and stay together especially his receiving core you know those numbers are going to continually go up so you you're looking out we're probably saying like four or five years from now 45 million that's all they got him for and then now i think he's on that type of projection yeah um it, it, you know, when you talk about his development, Chris, and he mentioned this a little bit after the game, we all knew he had the skills from a mobility standpoint. Um, and I think a lot of people said, well, if he could develop into a pocket passer and you see some of those shot throws, A.J. Brown down the field in the bucket, he's done an impressive job with that. But to me, the most impressive part of it all is the decision making. I mean... He's making the right decisions, and I think people forget he's a third-year quarterback. Uh, it's not a guy who's got a ton of experience. He's really advanced when it comes to – I saw some good things from Kenny Pickett yesterday, believe it or not. I said, well, you know what? If he can get some experience. But, man, I mean, young quarterbacks just are are – I don't know. I, I don't want to use the term dumb, but they make some dumb decisions. <laughs> um, he, he, two turnovers through the whole season. It, it seems like he always makes the right decision. That to me has been the most impressive part of his advancement as a player. It's that calmness that he's been displaying. Cause I think a lot of times, well, a lot of times when you see guys 340 pounds coming at you, like, well, yeah. I don't know, he's worried about old bleep. And again, he started doing the scramble drills. Like, I'm not getting hit by that guy. He start you see guys, rookie, especially younger quarterbacks, throwing it up there. And I think that's the one key thing. I think that when it comes to his demeanor, that's the biggest thing I think that separates him from some of the other guys. So, guys, you know, the, the, when they, in front of the cameras and you look in front of talking to us, so they're like, oh, no, I, I don't. It doesn't favor you. Want me. Meanwhile, you go back and you look back and like, oh, my goodness, it's going to happen. Oh, my God, I don't know which way it's going to come. But it seems like what hurts is just has that demeanor that helps him. I think when he sees pressure like that, he just uses it. It also helps that he has the legs to be able to escape and scramble that too. But overall, I think when you look at the way the familiarity he has with this offense and, and, and that demeanor, I think you've seen the results you're getting right now. And he didn't even have to do that yesterday. He had one designated run and one other one where he turned the ball upfield, made a couple of yards. They didn't even need his running aspect of his strength, his, his game, in his bag of tricks yesterday. I know the Eagles were very good. Steelers were pretty damn bad. Um, what the hell has happened to the Steelers? They've come apart pretty quickly. I know John was just talking about rookie quarterback as compared to a veteran guy like Ben Roethlisberger, but I didn't think Ben was very good last year. Um, 
how bad was that defense yesterday? I know the Eagles picked it apart. Don't want to shortchange the Eagle offense, but Steelers' defense gave Jalen no pressure in the backfield. Well, I think you see when it comes to the Watt, when it comes to Watt not being on the field, the impact that he has yeah. on that defense. I also think that the one thing, if I'm the Steelers looking right now, they need they need cornerbacks. That's the, that's the, I think that's the only thing that's holding back the Steelers' defense. When you don't have well, two things, when Watt comes back to the field, I think they'll be okay. They'll be average just because of the pressure he does. But I think they look at the cornerback position for them. I mean, it's it's it struggles. Witherspoon just basically Witherspoon. Yeah, I was I, I was disappointed. And, uh, people saying, "Well, he had the hamstring." Well, it was, it's not good. I was disappointed in the way Mika Fitzpatrick played because I knew they didn't have much at corner. But I said, "Well, Mika's a good player. He'll he'll settle things down." He's not playing well either. So. When your good players aren't playing well, you you got an issue. But yeah, you lose TJ Watt. I mean, they've had they came into that game. Obviously, TJ, I think he had 22 and a half sacks last season, uh, defensive player of the year. Um, they had five sacks in six games. I think it was a little disappointing that Pittsburgh got three sacks because they haven't been getting any pressure. But Jalen took the credit for that, the blame for that, actually. He he held on to the football too long. So that's another thing you love about Jalen Hurts is his accountability. And then you see it trickle down to the rest of the roster. Well, if the the quarterback is doing this, I think it really um, uh, shows up in the rest of the team. And I think the best evidence to that, Chris, A.J. Brown, the first player to talk to us on the podium, um, and he didn't want to talk about his good place. He wanted to talk about the stuff he left on the field, the drop and when he got caught from behind. I th- it's a little thing, but I think it's a really a, a thing that really shows you why the Eagles are 7 and 0. Yeah, they want to co- co- become complacent because when you start looking at it, I mean, you know, maybe that's why I'm not I probably look at it on 7 and like, you know what? I feel good, you know, they start coasting and they're not, they're not Basically, they're not being they're not being complacent. They want to make sure that they continue to stretch, and it also it's a mentality aspect. I think a lot of that is, and you got to look at football character when you're scouting a lot of these guys. And I think that's when you start to give a little front office a little bit of credit on that one too. And I think also it's the coaching staff. I think that's that that link beforehand because you can have all the character guys, but you know you get around with some other guys and like, oh, okay, well they do this and this. But I think the coaching staff, especially Nick Sirianni, with that uh, keeping them focused, has done a good job. With it. I want to flip it over to the defense and other. Big sack game for the Eagles. And again, Gannon pushed the right buttons. Brought the blitz. Didn't bring it every single time. Brought it at the appropriate time. Uh, C.J. Gardner off the corner. Uh, They got there five times yesterday. Uh, They're doing the job. But up until they went out, they were doing it with Jordan Davis. High ankle sprain. You guys will get more uh, details today. He's going to miss games. We don't know how. He's certainly going to miss Thursday night, short week. Um, how much of him coming out of the lineup hurts the Eagles' defense, Chris? I think it changes a lot because when it you saw how much they like to use that five man line, especially with them in there, and you started to see him sprinkle a little bit more. You started seeing ratcheting up a little bit more. He was on with the four the four man group as well too, so you started to see that transition going to the more they can get take on two blockers and open up those scraping and, and shuffle lanes for the linebackers to get home on a run game, I think that's huge. And I think overall, when you look at his development, overall, he's, he's going to miss at least four weeks. 
I mean, for them, I thought originally when he got it, I thought it was going to be worse because I thought it was like, oh, man, he broke his foot or it's Liz Frank or something like that, and he's gone. So I think we, overall, you're going to miss him in the, in the run game, and, and it hurts, I think, when it comes to that rotational depth too. So it's going to put a lot of Hargrave and Cox. Yeah, and, you know, if you go back to last season, you know, one of the reasons Jordan Davis is here is because, um, you know, Fletcher is not a zero or one technique. Jabon is not. Um, so they don't have a player like Jordan Davis. Um, I guess you can cr- try Marlon Tui Peloto. Um, this could be a big deal. Uh, he doesn't play a lot, but there's sort of a, a domino to what, and, and JG's talked about this a lot, like Jody's talking about the sacks. Well, the way you get to the sacks, the way you get to the blitzing is making it second and 10 or third and 11. And Jordan Davis is a big part of that. He, he might only be out there for one play. Uh, but it, if you stop the run, now, if you're in a bunch of second and shorts, third and shorts, and an offense is on schedule, so to speak, that's what the Eagles struggled with last year. Um, you know, am I being alarmist? No, because I think when you look at uh, Marlon Tullius Pelotu, when he was in there, when it came to those bigger, uh, those big man fronts, you know, he got pushed off the ball too much. He kept continually got sucked in when it comes later for offensive line got in there and they were they were running running having their way with it especially when it came when I mean, look at that second team unit the, the beta unit whatever they call it when it comes to uh, the second rush line the teams always seem to have success when it came to running the ball because you didn't have jordan davis in there he's running with the one so i think it's gonna i think it's a big it, it, over time i think it's gonna be a bigger loss and then you hope you have when you see teams like the titans we got we have derrick henry come back you hope you have him back by then because he's a guy space eater, you can you need to use him for that. So it's it, over time. I think you're gonna see how important he was, even though he was a rookie. All right, I'm gonna put both you guys to the test here. Eagles lost one of their motivating factors yesterday when the Giants lost, so they now have a two game cushion in the division, two and a half over Dallas, because and Dallas is actually in second place because they got the head to head win with the Cowboys. Um, the Texans are the Texans. I know it's a road game, but at least the Steelers are the Steelers, and they've got some history, and uh, you can uh, talk about championships. and like. What about the Texans scares anybody? What is Nick Sirianni going to use as motivation with this team this week? I know they're, that, they're as good as they are, and I said earlier they throw their helmets out on the field. They should be able to beat the Texans. What card <laughs> does Nick play as far as motivation goes this week? That's a good question. Um, you know, you know, I think it's going to be one of the ones is the ones you least expected, because how many times have we seen a lot of these teams go on these runs? Or I mean, even look at yesterday. I think everything I thought in some of those games that were going on, you never know what this outcome is going to be. I think he's going to be the you, you can't undermine your. That's the only thing I can think of because I look at them like Davis Mills. Nah. You, you look across the board, Nico Collins. No, so I think it's I think it's gonna be one of the things the Eagles beat them. The Eagles can't beat themselves, and also having a sort. I know they have to travel in a short week. That's a big thing too. I mean, we were in the locker room yesterday. We saw all the massage tables and the bikes yeah. and everything else. They, they, were, like, they were right at it after the game. Yeah, it's a travel. You got a travel day too, so you lose it extra day. 
you know, you have to travel on Wednesday, you go on Thursday. That's that's a lot of tough factors to go in. But it's, it's what will be, they do without walk calls. through Wednesday? Uh, they're going to be flying <laughs> Wednesday. No walk through Wednesday. It's going to throw them off yeah. schedule. Maybe they well, you will know, walk through on the plane. Do a little. So yeah, do the Russell Wilson and walk. just run it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the walk through on the plane. I think what Jody uh, uh, said is the plan. Just throw your helmets out there. That should be able to get it. You know, <laughs> yeah, it probably be a better uh, running game that the Texans have, but that's a whole other thing. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, and it's you, like, you know, like... <laughs> the Thursday games are basically uh, very simple game plans because nobody has time to practice. It is better to be at home than on the road. There's a pretty long trip for a Thursday night game, to be honest. Um, and if it were any kind of reputable foe, um, I would be very, very concerned about this spot going that far in a short week. But man, Houston just has nothing. Nothing. And, and there's another fact you got to figure in too, because you know the coach, you, you know Syria Sykin probably had a little like a little say, but they were pretty much focused on his game against the Steelers. So you're relying a lot on your quality control coaches and your offensive assistants to basically come up with a game plan for this, and you're hoping that what they saw to advance it is good enough to go ahead and beat it. So it, it's there's so many factors going. On. I, I I don't think it's going to be. Cake. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what people think it is. I don't think it's going to be. Wow, we're really. We're, I think we're when we come back here, you go look like wow, they won twenty three twenty against the Texans now. Nah, but I think it's Texas is going to have a little fight to them. I think the Eagles might be a little worn down given they're a little older team at some positions. Yeah, you know, as mean? a real quick as a little follow up. Sorry, Jody. Um, okay. uh, Nick would never admit this, but I want to throw it to you. You mentioned the quality control coaches, so they had the bye week, um, and. Those guys were doing a lot of work. You think the Eagles hate to admit they look ahead even a day, never mind a week. But do you think they kind of double game planned Pittsburgh and Houston because of they're not very good, to be honest? And maybe you you took a little advantage of the schedule and said, you know what? Hey, quality control coach number one, why don't you see what Houston's doing a little bit and start on that? You think maybe they went about it that way because they had some extra time? I remember talking to an NFL coach. I think it was I think during the combine, and they were saying like when it comes to a little when it comes to these short games, they they're doing like two three weeks ahead in advance. Like they'll have their base assessments what they're doing, what they want to have, and then they'll give it to a thing like okay to give it to quality coaches. Hey, check to see if this is right, and then they come back that way too. Now, granted, that was for that one team when it came there, so I could see them doing something like that where you may have had Nick going. Hey, uh, we we got this. We had even under the bye week. Hey, we got the Texans coming up this short week. I want you to look at this this package, this package, see what it has, and give me an overall good assessment. This is where I think I uh, remember last year. I think it was or year before Jim, last year. Jim Bob Cooter. This is where we did test where yeah, Jim yeah. Bob Cooter pretty much came up with that game plan on on the short week for Thursday. I forget who the opponent was. So you're gonna. I don't know if it's Patul this week. I don't know if it's strictly on the quality assistant coach. With quality control coaches, but it's it's a key, it's a big thing. You start that's your coaching dub too. Yeah. I yeah. two things I uh want to get in here, one of which I needed to look up. Eagles, Texans, early line for Thursday game, Eagles minus thirteen. They're almost 13. a two touchdown favorite on the road. 
That doesn't Ooh, happen. You'll be a two-touchdown yeah. favorite at home. Not usually on the road. The Eagles are a 13-point choice early line against the Texans. And uh, speaking Ooh. of Jim Bob Cooter and guys showing up at camp, I know they've got a bunch of regular season games to play and then playoff games and maybe a game in Arizona before we ever get back to camp. Um, do you think there's a chance that Frank Wright could be one of those guest coaches in camp this season? Because I'm telling you what, that Indianapolis Colts team yeah. doesn't look like a playoff team to me. And they've got an impetuous owner. You, you think Frank Frank is going to be available to lend a helping hand in Eagle Camp next year? See, part of me, part of me really thinks he's going to be back. I don't know what part of me. Maybe it's the part that still gets in an egg roll part in my brain or whatever it is. But part of me thinks he still stays in Indianapolis. I think it, I think he getting dealt with a bad hand. I, I know. Well, he's been given a bad quarterback besides Wentz, who he basically picked and said, "Oh no, he vouched for where I was bad." But when it sounds like Ursay had told him to put Erlinger instead of Matt Ryan because of financial reasons, and you got guys that banged up. Your best player, Jonathan Taylor, keeps getting hurt. I, I, part of me wants to say that one. I think they're going to need a veteran guy eventually because I think this coaching staff is going to get raided after the season. I think you're going to need two coordinators. You're going to need – I think Petulo may go. I think you may see uh, other guys like Brian Johnson. Maybe he gets a shot at college or becomes an office coordinator somewhere else. Like, I think this coaching staff is going to get raided big time. So – that's true. Frank, you know, Frank, yeah. Frank might be around for one year. If I had to guess right now, now ask me about week 14, 15, you'd be like, oh, goodness, what do I say in this one? But I think Frank might, for now, I think Frank has maybe one more year after this. Okay. NFL, uh, somebody gave uh, Frank a vote of confidence. I don't, I don't know if it was just an NFL.com report or if Jim Irsay actually said something, but he got the dreaded vote of confidence. So we'll see how oh, that no. takes out. Chris Ballard as Chris. well. <laughs> You know, who, who's very highly regarded. I know, you know, Chris, that Nick Sirianni actually gets upset when you uh, talk about the, the problems Indianapolis has had at quarterback, mainly because of Phillip Rivers. Um, and he, he, you know, he'll joke that, you know, Phillip Rivers got two people jobs in this league and everybody thinks, you know, but the problem is he retired, um, Phillip Rivers, but he played very well. The problem with the Colts is they got to get a young quarterback and 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 go through the, you know, you're going to go through some growing pains. Like Pittsburgh's doing with Kenny Pickett. Maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, but you can't bring in some 38-year-old guy who's going to go coach high school football the next year. That's not going to be sustainable. Why do I have a feeling he? I could see him as a quarterbacks coach because he's got his feet wet doing a head coaching job down there. I want, I want to say like Alabama, Mississippi, oh, one of those southern states down there. Why do what, I have Nick a feeling like hire he's hire that one? Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> he's got. I think next year. Who knows that's how. But I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know what this infatuation is with the young coaches. I know. I don't know if anybody wants to find. Oh, I want to find the guy who's the next McVay and everything else. There's a lot of quality guys that are out there right now. I think that you still learn from Jim Caldwell Caldwell for the life of me. I don't know why he doesn't have a job. I think he's a really good guy who's I could I would love to see him as an office coordinator candidate. I think he's got a lot of stuff when it comes to developing quarterbacks, when it comes to scheming, when it comes to working along with that. So I think he would be a good option. But you got, you got a lot of veteran guys I wouldn't mind seeing come in there too. But this is infatuation with I gotta find a 30, 31 year old guy who hasn't really experienced life because most of the time they're being inside the coaching things. I think he a couple of veterans on that staff. Which, by the way, Sean McVay, offensive genius, 
not, I'm not seeing it this year. All of a sudden, he's not the brightest bulb on Broadway anymore. So these guys can shine bright for a period of time. Then all of a sudden, they come back. Yeah, everybody gets caught up to Jim. Jim is a really good coach, but I think he's the opposite end of the spectrum. I think he's hurt by his age on the other end. You know, I don't know how old he is now, but he's he's over 65. So, um you know, people look at it. They want somebody who's going to be there for 20 years, even though nobody's ever there for 20 years. Yeah. Well, Belichick, Andy <laughs> Reid, you know, That's they're it. all like, we want to have this guy and play. It just doesn't work that way. So, you know, I don't know. But it's worked for the Eagles. But I yeah. said when the Eagles put together this coaching staff, I and I wasn't the only one, I said, where's the experience, you know, these guys have never done anything, but it's worked. And now they're the staff. And, it, it, you know, if this keeps going, Shane Steichen's not going to be here next year. And and Jonathan Gannon's not going to be here next year. Simple as that. No, if this I'm keeps going you, the way it's going. Plug Frank yeah. right in. I'm, uh, and I like Frank. I know you guys know Frank better. I haven't covered the team. Where is he? I do not think he's surviving Indianapolis. I think that when when the Eagles put the beat down on the Colts, and I think they're going to, that could be the final straw that uh, punches Frank's ticket back here to Philadelphia. Well, the beauty of Nick Sirianni, he's got this all. I mean, if if Shane gets a job, um, he will. Kevin Petullo is going to be the offensive coordinator. I mean, I guarantee that right right now. Um, Defensively, I don't know. That's a little bit different because obviously that's not his purview. Um, you know, would they just elevate Denard Wilson? Maybe uh, they might go that route. I would think they're more likely to go that route than go outside the building. Wouldn't you, Chris? Well, see, also, I think it's going to be a. Uh, it's going to. Be, it may. Who knows? It might be either or. Like if you take Kevin Petullo, maybe Shane takes Brian Johnson. If you think Brian Johnson's going to the future, if, or maybe if. Nick goes, hey, you know what? You can take Patulo. I'll use Brian Johnson. I think it's, I think it's going to be one of those either or things with them because I think a, Johnson's starting to get a, like a little bit of a push now. Anymore. I know yeah. uh, Sean McVay. <laughs> Sean McVay lost. Obviously, Kevin O'Connell was doing a good job. I don't know how, but um, he was allowed to take, I think, one coach, uh, and he took Wes Phillips. Um, I don't think he was allowed to take anybody else. Um, so they they kind of clamp down on those things now. I don't I don't think Nick would be allowing Shane to take like any high profile guys. Now with Brian Johnson, you can't block him, right? If he's going right. offensive coordinator job, he, you know, and you're not going to give it to him here. There's nothing you can do. But yeah, I mean, they're going to lose a lot of coaches if if things keep going this way, and that's going to be maybe the biggest test for Nick Sirianni because we saw it with Andy Reid. Andy Reid had one of the best coaching staffs yep. ever in the history of football. I don't know how many head coaches came off his first staff here, but it was astonishing. I'd have to look it up. It's and six it's still or coaching seven. too. Look at Harbaugh. Yeah. Harbaugh's coaching yeah. the head coach. You got Rivera's a head coach. You said just they were just they were just embarrassment of riches on that on, on that. And you look how many guys still defense. Uh, Sean McDermott. You got, you got yeah. so many guys that come at staff. And they ask so many things to test that depth. And I wonder if that's why you're getting some of these guys. He's younger assistants a lot of time right now to, to, to help to prepare them because you may be leaning on them next year. It is it's crazy. 
give yeah. Andy credit. Uh, and I remember uh, handling that story on the air on WIP that when he got the job, how do you hire this guy? He had binders on top of binders of how he would build his coaching staff before he ever got the job. He was ready to build that coaching staff. So give credit where credit is due. All right, last one for me, uh, uh, Chris. My partner on CBS asked me this yesterday. When can we officially start to talk about not just the fact that the Eagles are 17 and 0, but there's an eventual number at the back end that if they go undefeated and equal and surpass what the Dolphins did last team to go undefeated, the, the, the biggest season in the history of the National Football League. When is it realistic? When is it fair to start that conversation? I, I said be- yesterday, uh, always previous to, to me, it had been um, you need to hit double digits. You got to get to 10 and 0 before I'm going to uh, truly sink my teeth into that conversation. Some people say the halfway mark, which now is nine because they got the goofy 17 games, not an even number. Um, when When is it fair to actually, because if we open up these floodgates, it could get nuts around here in Philadelphia that we start talking about, uh, yeah, this team could go all year without losing a game. I think you have, for me personally, I think you do it after the Titans game. Because I think that's where you start to go through, in all honesty, that's where you start to look at it, because then you start looking at the, start looking at, hey, when you have to play the Giants again and then the Cowboys. So I think once you get towards the beginning of that stretch where you're thinking like, okay, they, they beat a Titans team, because I used to think it was going to be the Packers, but We've seen the way they've been playing lately, and yeah, they, they don't strike fear anymore. That all of a sudden, when you look at the schedule beforehand, you're like, oh, that's a like the schedule losses. I've had that yeah. as a schedule loss. Like, well, now that's yeah. winnable. And Titans just you just don't know because of the run game and stuff like that. So I think when you start to look at that Giants game, the way the Giants are playing right now, you know, I want to move it to the Giants game because if they beat the Giants the first time, which they should get rid of the roster, but they Giants are hanging around, then that's where I think you really start to really look like okay. This team actually might legit go undefeated if they don't rest their guys too. Like, it's a, if they play that balance of resting yeah. the guys versus you the talk players. about rest too. Yeah, how would yeah. Nick handle that? That's a good point. At C Franklin News, read Chris and NJ.com. I think that was the spirit of Nick Sirianni uh, squawking at you, saying, Don't look ahead. <laughs> don't look ahead. Don't talk about perfect season. Completely different bird translator. I thought they were saying now, now yeah. you can start talking about twenty oh now. Yeah. That's what I heard the birds say. McMullen oh, heard something God. else. I like I like hey. that bird bird mentality. Uh, and by the mentality. way, here it is: Brad Childress, David Cully, Pat Shermer. Uh, Ron Rivera, Leslie Frazier, Steve Spagnolo, John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott all beha- became head coaches from Andy's first step. Rod Dodhauer was here as the offensive coordinator. He was a head coach before that. Previously, and, right. Yeah. And Jim Johnson obviously never wanted to become a head coach, but probably could have become a head coach. What an amazing Wonka- coaching step. What about that Juan Castillo defensive coordinator? Was that going to set yeah. him up for to become a head coach too? Yeah, Juan was there <laughs> no, no, Juan as well. Was good, good offensive coach. That, that, <laughs> that didn't work out well, but Juan was a Juan was a very good offensive line coach. He was very good. Uh, yeah, between look, look at the team and the offensive line coaches, you have him, then Howard Mudd, then uh, Stoutland. That's a heck of a run they had. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> Stoutland flying under the radar this week uh, because. Yeah. 
He's he's the Jim Johnson of this staff. Uh, yep. <laughs> He'll work it out. Okay. Didn't, didn't have to bring up Stoutland U this week because it was all about the passing game and Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. Chris Franklin, uh, Telebirds, we t- said thank you for contributing to today's show. I said thanks. Oh, now and they want to get quiet. Thanks. And we always <laughs> say thank you to you, bud, when you come out. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, pal. Thank, thank you, guys. Have a good one now. Chris Franklin, we got to figure out where we're going to squeeze him in next week because he's kind of become. Yeah, he's going to be traveling. After, uh, well, on I'm Friday, be traveling so too. yeah, it's going to be yeah, a tough week. To, it's a tough to week for all of us. Yeah. Yes, uh, we're going to have to figure out the schedule there because Johnny Mac's going to miss a couple of shows. Find out if we've got anybody filling in for him. The one uh, I guess we do have uh, booked in uh, is going to be for Wednesday is John McClain. Uh, formerly of the Gazette, now uh, for the Mac Mattress Mac Sports website down there. Uh, gallery, I think the name of it is. Also. By the way, yeah. did Mattress Mac put a big bet on the series? I oh, yeah. He's yeah. All so he hasn't been doing well, so that should be a good sign for the Phillies. He never does badly, though, because he always hedges his bet. He, he, he does. He, he wagers a lot, but he wagers smart uh, so that he's not completely exposed. But oh, he's a Houston guy, so yeah, he's yeah. he he's got a lot of money on uh, Houston on the baseball side. I'm guessing Mattress Mac does. Nah, he's not lot. betting. He's not betting. Uh, well, you know, 13's a big number. Maybe maybe he's got something. I yeah, don't know. Good. I had a luck. very big number on the road and on a short week. Man, if that doesn't tell you the Eagles are good, nothing will. John McClain's going to join us on Wednesday uh, from Houston. A good friend of the show. He's been a while with us before. And I'm going to run this by John because he said it here on Birds 365, said it when I have my other shows. The Texans believe in Davis Mills. Last year I had him on a bunch because of the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Where are they going to go without Deshaun? And he can, every time I had him on, well, they really like Davis Mills. The coaching staff believes in Davis. The organization believes in Davis Mills. I caught that little of that game yesterday when he was over. Davis Mills can't play quarterback in the league. He's not an I NFL have not starting seen, quarterback. I got to be honest with you. I've not seen any Davis Mills this year. Um, I don't know how he's doing. I got to delve into it. Go uh, ahead. It, 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 it won't be pretty because the Texans are not a good football team. Can't be much time. worse than Kenny Pickett. And I saw some signs from Kenny Pickett, but uh, not yesterday. And John used to quote the numbers to me that the second half of the season, his numbers, quarterback ranking, blah, 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 a couple analytics were top 10 in the National Football League. Because they're always playing against a prevent defense. They're always down three touchdowns. The yeah, well, that plays into it. Go ahead. Throw anything you want underneath. Get your completion percentage uh, Close circuit to our buddy Jeff Kerr. Uh, good morning, NFC East. That's why I'm not a numbers guy in football. Nobody looks at the context of these big numbers. A lot of a lot of times, it's what you just said. You know, you're down three touchdowns. You know, people are saying, "All right, keep them in bounds," all that kind of stuff. Um, and all of a sudden, you get these inflated numbers. And yeah, I, it, it, very small sample size in football, so you got to be careful. You know who got an oh by the way touchdown yesterday? Mr. Rogers uh, yeah. re- really didn't have any impact on the outcome of the game unless you were betting cut it to 10 and it was 10 and a half. Yeah. But uh, the bills were sitting back. Going, I, I wonder, I wonder if the bills, a, when was the last time Aaron Rodgers got an Oh, by the way, touchdown. Yeah. I wonder if the bills got uh, bills fans, give them uh, you know what for not uh, 
putting the hammer down. What was the score of that game at halftime? It was over at halftime, wasn't it? They kicked a field goal late. I think it was 24 to 7. Yeah. Yeah. And they did nothing in the second half. I wonder if they got, uh, you know, got to play the full 60 minutes. That's right. Uh, John McMullen, Jody McDowell, we got to come back, put a ball on the show. We're almost out of time on Birds 365. Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram and check out our posts for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds. Welcome to Pondley Hockey the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. And Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Bondly Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I evoked the name of Ben McAdoo earlier in the show because Gino yeah, Smith that's a good did. one. I, I was shocked by it. And isn't Johnny he McAdoo. the coordinator in Carolina now? I yeah. believe so. So he's responsible for PJ Walker's big uh Hail Mary. Well, I give him all the credit for that. He's also responsible for the stupid penalty that DJ Moore took when he took his helmet off. Now, I don't give him credit for either of the two. I'm joking, man. Um, 
and you correctly said the Eagles dodged a bullet there. You know what other – and that was seven years ago before Dougie P uh, got the job and eventually yeah. took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. The more recent dodging of the bullet, Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Oh, oh yeah. my – did you see Devontae Adams' numbers yesterday? One, I saw they got shut out. Devontae Adams, one catch for two yards, one rush for minus a yard. He had one total yard of offense yesterday. Devontae Adams. The Eagles went out and got A.J. Brown. The Raiders went out and got Devontae Adams. Who's gotten the better of that one? And Josh McDaniels was very – John's told the story too many times here. How close was he to becoming the head coach of the Philadelphia Yeah, how we, uh, how we recommended him. Uh, so, you know. And Jeffrey, I always give Jeffrey credit. He knew those two would butt heads eventually, and that's what it was about. Um, and he went in a different direction, kept interviewing people. But you go back, you mentioned Ben McAdoo. They wanted to hire Adam Gaze before they wanted to hire Ben McAdoo. So they dodged a bunch of bullets in, uh, in 2016. Uh, I, I love the fact that you used butthead and Josh McDaniels in the same sentence, because I think it's actually quite fitting. All right, listen, uh, <laughs> you're out of here both Wednesday and Friday this week. You're going to be uh, traveling on both days? Yeah, Wednesday morning, Friday morning. Uh, so I will be incognito, hopefully Thursday. We're at the mercy of uh, uh, hotel Wi-Fi, so yeah, hopefully better, that works out. You better get out. that Wi-Fi up and running uh, for the um, Thursday preview show. Yeah. Um yeah, short week for everybody. Very difficult. Nick Sirianni not talking to four fifty today. Ooh. Late in the afternoon. Um, well, tell, tell Nick, and you don't get Jonathan. Are you even going to get Gannon on Tuesday, or is that the? I hope so. Uh, schedule will be out at some point today. Uh, Happy Tuesday, not for the defensive substitutes. They don't get into the game, but the offensive guys get uh, some run. Yeah, Fair we, question. He needs some Gannon answers question. this week, McMullen. He, he will be asked that question. If not from me, from somebody, I'll probably be the first question he gets because there's no reason to the question talk anything about else. They were dominant against the yeah. Steelers this week. All right, yeah. uh, we'll be back here. Uh, you got uh, Ricky Yes coming up next. Partner, I will see you in two and two, right? Since you're going to leave me at the altar twice this week, you better yeah. be here tomorrow. Let's let's do it. I don't have the schedule, but we'll do it. I might have to miss Jonathan again, but we'll do it. McMullen and McDonald back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save